And we're sure. back on the Enterprise Marketer Podcast. And I'm here with Matthew, who is the very first content engineer I have ever met. And you're with the Medicines Company. Mm-hmm. And you work a lot with Buddy, who we've had on yep. the show before in the past. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a content engineer. And um, my history is... Um, if we have a minute, uh, there's a good story to how I became a content Absolutely. engineer. So if you're if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, I started off in. I always knew I wanted to be in marketing. I actually enjoyed marketing, and I thought it was a fun thing to do. So I went to school, and this was you know in the early '90s, and everybody was making lots of money in the internet, and, and programming and computers yeah. were hot, and, and I had to decide where I was trying to go. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into computers because I really had a knack for the math and, and the science of computers. So I went into computers, and I knew I wanted to use it in marketing. So as I came out of school, I went right into an agency uh, as a programmer. And this was pre-Google Analytics or anything. I started writing JavaScript for us to do to track websites, clicks, hovers, everything. But we weren't using it on public sites. We were using it internally to understand how effective our content and our navigation and everything was. Oh, wow. We were actually, you know how like in traditional marketing, they would bring like 30 people into a room and they would show them something and ask them questions. We were yeah. doing the same thing with the websites. We were evaluating everything, but I was writing the code to track all this stuff. Yeah. And I started to realize that we had so much data, whether it be on the servers or from this custom modules I was writing, that nobody was looking at. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I mean, even for something simple as like at the time... What size do you, you know, design for? Yeah. wasn't a standard at the time. So, you know, and I could go in and I can say, these are the monitors. This is the color resolution. Like, I can say, like, look what we yeah. can do. <laughs> Just look at it, please. And then through server logs, we could start to parse. I remember one of the earlier programs called Sawmill. Mm-hmm. And that would actually parse server logs and give you pathing. Tell you the pathing that your users were taking mm-hmm. through your, your website. And this was a revolutionary thing at the time. And, and I thought to myself, the power of data to deliver something is so strong. Mm-hmm. I want to do that because just about then, 2003 happened, and uh, there was a big event in 2003. It was called CanSpam. Are you familiar with CanSpam, yeah, yeah. right? Um, not a lot of people know, it's Federal Act, uh, what CanSpam stands for. And it stands for Controlling the Assault of Non-Solicited Pornography and Marketing. Oh, wow. Okay, that's what the acronym CAMSPAM stands for. Pornography and marketing, and they go hand in hand. Exactly. (laughs) So here I am working at a direct agency. We're sending emails out, and I say, wow, per the federal government, we are akin to non-solicited pornography. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I think we could do better. Yeah. I think we could... You know, get this yeah, up exactly. a little bit, right? You know, so, so that, I mean, for me, that was like this. Is that what like the dot marketing domain was for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, we can, we can do this. And um, so I really started to focus on one vision, and it's been my unifying vision throughout my career. And that is one day when somebody receives or views or pulls a piece of content from me, they're happy about it. Yeah. It's something that is timely, it's something that's relevant. It's in the format they want it. Mm-hmm. It has utility. They need it, right? And that's been a unifying vision for me since these early days of marketing. And everything I've done has been in service of that unifying vision of if it's direct mail, if it's email, if it's search, if it's whatever it is, how can we use data to be better 
yeah. than that, right? How can we keep getting better? So, you know, through there, and I, I, I kept growing in, in my roles of trying to do that. I wrote CRM systems for IBM where I, you know, put some great clustering algorithms in. We didn't have AI. Yeah. I couldn't parse, you know, unstructured content at the yeah. time. You know, I had to tag stuff, and, and so we didn't have the power that we have now. Eventually, I decided to go back and get uh, an MBA in marketing huh. so that I could really work with the strategies and the technologies together to really pull that through because I saw that gap. Yeah. There was a gap between like people, nobody goes to work and says, you know what I want to do? I want to send an email that 98.4% of people don't like. Yeah. Some might. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. If it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but they say 1%. That's a good. Yeah, very good. 1.6. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Woo. We can double that, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's go buy another list. Yeah. So, but that's the thing, and that's what it was. It was let's go buy another list. Yeah. So, but people, as I find them, you know, marketing gets a bad name, pharmaceutical gets a bad name. But as I find individuals working all these organizations, everybody's good people. Mm-hmm. Lots of good people, well-intentioned of people. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. They don't yeah. know what they can do better. And that's how I started to work in content engineering: is working on the strategies and pushing towards the strategies and the technologies to make that happen and make that come together because we put so much time into user journeys and researching personas mm-hmm. and, and, and segmentation. Like, why would we send something that m- the vast majority of people find to be trash yeah. on the par of non-solicited yeah. pornography, right? I mean, exactly. So, yeah, that's been, so that's how I got into content engineering is, is through that vision of trying to do this. And in doing so, you know, found intelligent content and found yeah. the, the, all the myriad of ways that we can write content and use, reuse content because you may consume it in one way and you may consume yeah. it in another way. And that ebook may be worded for a 6th grade reading level for somebody and maybe mm-hmm. a 12th grade reading level for somebody else. Yeah. It may be high level for somebody, but it may go into detail for somebody else. Exactly. And you can use these content assets to really deliver on that utility that I was trying to really yeah. dream about back in the day. Because so, it, it's the engineer that mm-hmm. is truly the one that can think of this stuff yeah. easily. Yeah. One of the things we did is our son has an IEP, and so he struggles in reading and yeah. spelling and things like that. And we could never get the list from the teachers. We were like, yeah. can we get his modified spelling list? And they're like, cool. yeah, yeah, And they never give it to him. So we built a mobile app mm-hmm. that uh, and a portal that would allow all the teachers in the yeah. school to do a classroom list or a modified list and yeah. send it to the students, send notifications. They'd open up the app. You get love it. You that. can play the game and all that stuff. And then I'd they were that. like, hey, wouldn't it be great? Since we got all the data, yeah, to see where kids are going, what words they're structuring and, and struggling with, and what and like look at some of the correlation and say, yeah. you know what, let's generate an ebook for you based yeah. off of the words you and, and those are the kinds of pieces of content, yeah, that a marketer once you give them the idea yeah. and you start to say, look, we can do this, yeah, go out and now start to grab the design, grab the. You know, grab Absolutely. some of the content, get the story together, put the storylines together, and then when you're ready, we will insert the content in there. And it's this, but you have to get the engineer to want to talk to the marketer and see that. And I don't know how anybody not listening after that could not fall in love with data. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's, there's no channel for data. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it's, it's data. It's yeah. all data. Every channel you have, every asset you have has, everything you do has data. Yeah. And it's, just, and it's amorphous until you choose what to do with it. 
And, you know, you had, you did something, you said, oh, look, we had data, let's do something with it. Let's do something good with it in that case. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I mean, my job has always been a data (coughs) guy, right? And it's, you know, I started as an XML geek. Yeah. um, Did a lot of BI work in my early years on R&D teams. And one of the, one of the cool systems I built an an 18 dimensional uh, analytics services BI engine for MLS. Okay. So your multi-listing services, your real estate, 50 years of data, I could go through city and state, year, month, agents, offices, selling, listing, and get all the way down to individual values and then pull out and and look. And I'm sitting here going like, it's cool. It's like the minority report. It's like inception. It's like, what report do you want me to make? Watch, boom, boom, boom. Three seconds later, it's like, here it is. And but that's People the partnership, like, right? Yeah. That's the partnership right there is saying, what report do you want me to make? Because somebody might know, not know that's possible. Yeah. And the business somebody side was like, understand. just give us the, the reports we want faster. Which is, like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I can do that, but look, here's new reports. Or, yeah. hey, you want to see if that neighborhood is going to trend well? Yeah. Let's find like neighborhoods two years back and see how they did. And then and it's like, you were sitting on Moneyball. Recommendation and, engines. Yeah. Right? And it, that's that feeling of Moneyball. It's like, yep. Look, I've got the data. We can prove that this actually could work and, yep. and not, you know, do what everyone thinks. And that's the, the and that's are. the model for all content, mm-hmm. right? It's the moneyball model for all content. How do you, I mean we 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 looked at email and we saw low variable cost. Mm-hmm. Small, small to reasonable fixed cost, right? You got to create the assets. Low variable cost, it costs fractions of a yeah. cent to send an email. So we said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send more emails. So, but you know, that sending millions and millions and millions and millions and, and then we blinded people to them. Mm-hmm. And now they're spending all this money still doing it in that model. But that variable cost has increased if you consider the variable cost, what's it cost me to send one email that somebody reads? Yeah. Not one email, yeah. but one email that somebody reads. So now you have a multiplying effect in there. And on top of that, you have a lot more regulation for it. So it's a little more expensive in your fixed cost side as well. So, but it's easier, and there's easier interfaces. We made it easier to do that. But the data, the data can help you solve that, that problem because you, you can look at this and say, well, how do, I, how do I change over? What is my, my money ball on this? How do I use statistics and analytics to understand how do I decrease my ROI, increase my productivity? And ultimately what it comes down to me yeah. uh, is I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in service of the user. I'm in service of the consumer. I'm in service, like, that's always mm-hmm. been my vision, my driver, is I want to make sure somebody is happy when they get something. Yeah. And what's the ROI on somebody getting an effective piece of content that changes behavior that says, oh, I need this right yeah. now. This is perfect. Thank you. Did you know Facebook video posts have 135% greater reach than image posts? Here's a tip. Know your audience. Upload video content that speaks to your most committed fan base who already know and like you. Their comments, likes, and shares will help spread your message and bring awareness to your brand. I like to think of it as like if you ever went hiking in the woods on a trail, Mm -hmm. when you run up against a map, if it's right at the beginning of the trail, Mm -hmm. that's great and you do a good job. But if you don't have your phone, you don't have the ability to capture it. It's when you get in and you're at a fork. It's yeah. when the map is really important. And yeah. that's what we're trying to do is find the forks yeah. in the road yeah. and be the guy that shows them, here's the options you have. Yeah. And that's when you find 
yeah. the thing really valuable. It's not yeah. maps the whole way. Yeah, it's not an email every day and hope yeah. that you need the map and you'll get it there. But well, it's, it's also a partnership because you have somebody that's an expertise that has an expertise in those woods and those trails and knows what yeah. berries are bad for you, and knows which plants will make you itch. Yeah, right. And and the, which trees have the most beautiful birds. Mm-hmm. And so there's an expert, but there's somebody who says, "I just want to go for a walk in the woods." Yeah. If you compare those two people, like, you know, Buddy and I, and we just gave a, a talk on the relationship between content strategy and content engineering. If you compare those two people into a really good partnership and you mm-hmm. can start to understand that the value the other person brings and the respect, the mutual respect of what it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, on one side, you have executional saying they deliver a manuscript yeah. or a headline, a tweet. We, I went to um, a conference. Uh, I was at South by Southwest. And there was a talk about the, the Oreo tweet. You're familiar with the Oreo tweet? Yeah, yeah, the, still dunk in the dark, in the dark yeah. right? Won all sorts of awards. And they pulled up the list of people that were on the award yeah. for the Oreo tweet. And they said, seriously? It's 140 characters. Like, yeah. why do you need a list of like 30 people yeah. for this? But anybody who knows that, see, there's a, an example of not having respect for it. Yeah. Anybody that knows that knows the work that it goes into, knows that on Super Bowl weekend, there was a team of people working. Yeah. There was an artist. There was a copywriter. There was an engineer. There was an yeah. editor. There was, like, there was people that, there were the designer, there was somebody on the brand message, somebody like, and there were people working. Yeah. They didn't happen upon it. Yeah. And say, you know what? Somebody's watching the Super Bowl from home and they just like pulled up their iPhone and tweeted, you can still dunk in the dark. That's not yeah. the way that went down. Yeah. There's a lot of work at every stage and you have to have a respect and a knowledge of what every stage does, which is why engineering sits with content strategy, yeah. not with IT. IT does their thing, and they do it very well. But you need a relationship with content mm-hmm. strategy. You need to be embedded with content strategy. But you also need to be, have a relationship with IT. Yeah. And that's where the background comes in, is the respect of the technology, and we know what we're doing. We know yeah, we're it's almost about. like an ambassador, right? It's, it's, like, it's very much an ambassador. It's like, I'm on foreign ground, and I'm working <clears throat> with this foreign country, yeah. but it's like, I am. I have another yeah. interest in, in mind, and it's not the ones and zeros, yeah. but it's the empathy and the emotion. And again, it could be a flaw in my personality, but I always think people are genuinely good people. Yeah. You know, people get frustrated with IT. That's not what I want. Why are they asking so many questions? This why they have to make it so hard, or take so long, or anything like yeah. this. They don't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'm going to frustrate some people. Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't do that. A few that Nobody might does have, that. Yeah. Nobody does that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But, but they've earned it. Oh, yeah. They've earned it. Yeah, exactly. But, but you know, they wake up in the morning. People, in my opinion, wake up in the morning and say, I want to do a good job today. Because doing a good job and doing a bad job takes the same amount of work. Yeah. Except doing a good job, at the end of the day, you feel good about it. Yeah. And you feel like you make progress and you continually grow. And that happens in IT, that happens in content strategy and engineering and marketing and business yeah. and everything. Everybody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to do a good job today. Yeah. Right? It's just the perspectives. It's the information that you have access to. Do you understand the full vision? Do you yeah. understand the whole journey, the arc? And that's why you need a respect for what everybody is yeah. trying to accomplish. And that's why you can consult, like you said, it's an ambassador role. It's a respect for you know, what they're doing over here and it's respect for what they're doing over here and it's bringing these yeah, bringing groups these together, people together yeah. you know, to, to make great things happen. So, exactly. um, but at the same time, you have to be able to talk to talk on the strategy side because mm-hmm. you need the respect there and you have to be able to talk to talk on the technical side because you need the respect there. And ultimately, these things come together and you work with a lot of great people and you do fantastic things. Yeah, and I think one of the, the myths 
conceptions I see in enterprises, especially between marketing and IT, yeah. is neither one respect the amount of work and time yeah. that goes into it. Each one assumes it's easy. Or they assume that they're the only one in the world. Yeah. So, you know, I bring my brand to maybe somebody in IT would be an example. We use IT as an example here. Yeah. So, well, I can't get to it to, for a few weeks. Yeah. Well, I need it now. I'm the most important thing in your universe. Yeah. Right? And, and it's, but it's an understanding of, well, at the same time, they're supporting 17 Seven, other yeah. initiatives. They are focused on what they're trying to drive for the year, for their mm-hmm. milestones. They're trying to manage budgets. They're trying to do everything they need to do. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if your CIO could say, sure, I'll hire somebody to do that, they would. Yeah. But they can't. That's not the way business works. That's not the way the world works. Yeah. What they're doing is they're juggling. They're saying, how do I best serve everybody yeah. that needs something? You know, they wake up in the morning and say, I want to do good. I want to yeah. best serve everybody that needs something. But that's what happens because you don't see their world and they yeah. don't see your world. And, and then you get this clash. And I'm really happy here at the Intelligent Content Conference that as completely unplanned, um, there's, a, there's a theme. You know, and that theme is that content strategy has come of age. Mm-hmm. It's being adopted by large enterprise organizations, so, you know, like, you know, Fortune 100 organizations, mm-hmm. and they're really starting to take on content strategy. But as we saw in Robert's keynote yesterday, in creating the ship and inventing the ship, we've also invented the shipwreck. Yeah. And that theme is the same thing that we talk about in content engineering, where the shipwreck is akin to that gap between strategy and execution. Yeah. Right, to get things back. And it happens both ways because execution wants to do something great. And they see the same thing and they'll come to these same conferences and they'll say, I'm driven. I'm going to go add a taxonomy to our content. You can now tag it. You yeah. can cluster it. You can put it into XML schemas for repurposing or we, I've implemented Ditta. Yeah. And they'll push that back on the authors and the authors will say, I'm really like redlining with the amount of work and content I need to get done. And yeah. you just made my job harder. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're trying to do good, and it doesn't work that way. And then, uh, likewise, you know, on the on the content generation side, they'll say we want to do that. We want content reuse. We want to be able to put it in multi-channel. We need something that automatically crops without having your nose yeah. here, you know, on yeah. on the image. We need it to be, you know, in, more intelligent than that and centralized and, and centralized analytics, so we can make good choices and we can do that. And they're pushing it back to IT, and IT is saying, well, I need, I don't get the whole vision. They'll deliver something back that's yeah. not a good fit, which is why. You know, we've invented the ship, we've invented the shipwreck, but this role is now emerging and it's being pulled along. It's like, it's like a vacuum that's being created as content strategy is being adopted, which I am actually super happy about. I love to see that content strategy is being adopted at high scales because that goes to my vision of yeah. a dream of really Driving doing back. right valuable things that people need. So. Um, yeah, it, it's an exciting thing, and, and I love that the theme is here, and I love that content engineering is something that's taken off. I met a second content cruise. Uh, yeah. You, inter- you, were, you interviewed him the other day, but um, second content engineer I've met. So Yeah, I mean, this is one of the, mm-hmm. the, the craziest events because normally, like, an event for me that is on this par would be, like, the MVP Summit at Microsoft mm. where I'd get to go in, and, and there's Anders who created C-Sharp. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you know, here's is it here, GIF or GIF? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm hanging out with Dare, who, you know, system XML, and we're talking about XML readers and yeah. the ability to actually have yeah. asynchronous write and read of streams so we yeah. can put XML into yeah. the ability to, to edit and modify it and still have it live in a time that it doesn't have to deserialize and all this stuff. And you're just like yeah. nerding out. Yeah. And then, you know, I stopped being an MVP and I stopped going to tech yeah. events. And then it's like, you know, I never found my, pe- my like, the people you, yeah. you geek out with and you beeps. come here once I can talk to talk yeah and like Cruz is over here talking about e-commerce and I'm listening like, huh? and he's talking about .NET services we were talking about early stuff. kind of like, prairie dog for that You're yeah like, exactly it's like <laughs> I do the, the, you so peek your head over the cubicle <laughs> and you said do you say my name what and then you find your people and it's mm-hmm. like oh wow intelligent content yeah. does have the blend and of marketing and uh, yeah. development because I was yeah. the opposite of you. I never wanted to think of myself as a marketer. Yeah. I ran, you know, we had 2 million visitors yeah. a month. We had people all over the world depending on geeks with blogs for yeah. answers of stuff. Yeah. And I was out there, I was building influencer programs yeah. that, you know, we called yeah. it the influencer program. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had a hundred MVPs that were homegrown and 4,000 bloggers. Yeah. And I'm teaching people about finding their voice and content yeah. strategy and all this stuff. And you, would ask me if I was a marketer. You wouldn't even would you, yeah. no. You didn't even know you were. Exactly. I'm like, no, I'm a yeah. developer. Yeah. Like we're just playing with our toys here. Yeah. You know, and it's like somebody sees the Lego thing you're building and they're like, hey, we yeah. could use that somewhere else. But that's the relationship. If you had a relationship with somebody that had an overall story arc or strategy, mm-hmm. then I mean that's it. I mean you were right there. Yeah. I mean it was funny, like it. all our customers were marketers, but I never mm-hmm. like I always thought of them as like the end user, right? It's right. Like, it's like yeah. we're really working with IT, yeah. but we're interacting yeah. with these people. And I never really yeah. saw the – it's like, oh, yeah, I'll help you get this strategy. Let's figure this stuff out. But I'm going to yeah. go over here and play in the, the toys for a while yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And then finally when you do see yeah. that – Maybe my little innovation lab budget. Mm. Exactly. When you had yeah. that that, yeah. that time where you were like, I need to do both of these yeah. and I need to see in the data. Yeah. The data is really what drove it in for me too yeah. is you see that I needed – like when semantic was a big thing and tagging and we, you know, if you have a hundred thousand blog yeah. posts on developer topics, yeah. well, I need to know, is this biz talk? Is this ASP.net? ASP.net right. Is it NBC? It's like, what are they talking about? And I can't, I have to look at the language, look at the keywords yeah. that they use, look at even like the class names they use and saying, okay, yeah. no, that class name was introduced here. And so that's going to be tagged and you're starting to build these, yeah. these AI components into it. Yeah. To make it happen, and, but you you think you're solving the one, the only problem yeah. this ever is is your yeah. problem, yep. and not a bigger picture problem. But yeah. the data is what kind of unifies it all. And it's funny you mentioned uh, asynchronous XML. Um, you know, I have a, a generalized theory that I don't talk much about, but you know, I, I I keep it, and it's something that I look for in you know as I as I said, you mentioned something before, and I was like, you know, if I was interviewing you, that would have been that keyword to saying, get this guy, yeah, right. And it's the same thing. You don't need to look at code once you get experience. You can understand the way people talk, the way people think about things. You mentioned asynchronous XML, and the reason I think that's an interesting thing, the reason I key in on something like that, because back in the day we didn't have anything like jQuery, yeah. or prototype, or any of these things that we needed that these shortcut libraries to yeah. do. HTML animations to do asynchronous requests. You actually had to reload a page. Oh my gosh, the work that's involved. <laughs> yeah. I have to wait till it reloads. Exactly. Right? So, but that stuff didn't exist. But no. I mean, the XML HTTP request was yeah. always in there. And in just saying those words, I alienated like 5% of your users uh, that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> maybe right 95, now. but Nine, maybe okay. 95. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but the important part is the story here, which yeah. is forget about the words. We had to do that from scratch. Yeah. 
and we had to build those things. So we understood how they worked and, and, and the difference between the browsers and how things worked. Yep. And likewise, when you know, early development, we're working in C, we had to do manual garbage collection. And what that means is we needed, for people listening, we needed to manage memory yeah. and storage and processor. We needed to understand how your code did that because yeah. memory was expensive at the time. Yeah. Processors weren't that fast at the time. I mean, how many times did you crash your Mac because you opened two things? Yeah. Right? So and that happened at the time, this was an issue. So we had to worry about that. But then Java and some other things came about. And this stuff started getting automated. jQuery started automating things. And it layers made it very easy for people. The layers and layers yeah. and layers and layers that made it easy for people. Fine, this is great. Ten years later, 2006 happens, and somebody releases an iPhone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're limited on memory. You're limited on processor. You have a smaller screen to deal with. Mm-hmm. And people say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I handle this scenario? And the same thing in email. Hardest thing in the world is to find somebody who's really good at coding an email. Yeah. Because it's an old technology yeah. you've got to use. It's so limited in, in, yeah. in the way you've got to do it. You find somebody, I mean, talk about a unicorn. You find somebody good yeah. that can do emails very well. That's a fantastic thing. Hold on to them. Yeah. You know, because of the way that works. But, the, but understanding how things work and having a root understanding of that so that you can solve problems in the future Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing, you know, to be able to dive in. And, and you may not need it today, but as soon as the next thing happens, VR happens. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, your gamer experience with video cards becomes a commodity. Yeah. You know, something that people are looking for saying, how do I execute on stuff? How do I understand this? Yeah. You know, and how do I tell stories in, in this? And it's not just technical. It's all over. Like understanding, Buddy has a background in reporting, mm-hmm. understanding how to distill out information and to tell it efficiently. Yeah. Right? This is the thing. He has a background in comic books, understanding story arcs. Yeah. You know, and he'll tell you, understanding that one, any comic book could be somebody's first. Yeah. Or they could have been reading it for the last 25 years. And you need to have content in service of both. Yeah. And that's the same thing in technology, right? Anything you're doing could be somebody's first. Yeah. It could be something that they've been doing for a long time. But you need to understand the story arc. Technology has a story arc, yeah. too. And that's, again, that's part of the ambassadorship of what you're doing is getting people to understand the story arc of technology, yeah. the three-year plan, right? And which part do I need to tell you to accomplish what we're trying exactly. to accomplish? What stories do I need to tell you about? How, how, what's how the arc of how this is going to grow into what it's going to become? Because yeah. people want to shortcut that. They want to tell you the end of the story. They want to read you the last page of the book first and say, this is what I'm looking for. The butler did it. Yeah. Now fill in the pages. And that's a hard thing to do as a technologist yeah. and, and to get right because there's so many ways. If you ever played Clue, how many ways can the butler do it? Right? You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, who killed who and what yeah. room was with the candlestick, books, right? right? There's, yeah, only, choose, there's yeah. only nine adventures you yeah. could choose, yeah. right, in the book. But but. Yeah, so there's lots of ways to fill in those pages. Yeah. And it's like you ever see the Hello World contests? Yeah. Right? You know, Hello World, for anybody that's you know not familiar, is that's the first program anybody ever writes. Yeah. It's called Hello World. Any you're learning a new language, you write a Hello World. And yep. it's become tradition, and that's what people do. But there's also a contest that you can actually see how complex can you make it mm-hmm. to output the words Hello, Hello World. World yep. Right? And there's some uber-complex ways of doing this. So that's why you need this story arc of technology to understand the vision for the strategy and how you're going to get there over time, and what that looks like. So that's, again, part of the ambassadorship of content engineering is not over-engineering this section because we may not need that yet. Mm -hmm. That's going to be too much work. We're going to put too much on the authors if we do this now because we need to train them. Or right now, we're in a huge content push because we have something happening at the end of the year. 
I cannot stop them for three days yeah. to put them into a training session. But maybe I can automate some of it. Sure. Right? This is what I can do for exactly. you Exactly. Maybe I can do a mm-hmm. batch migration for them to put yep. everything in the fields yep. where I think it needs to go and then have them do verification. Yeah. You know, and then when things. you get to a point and you say, okay, this is, we're gonna, this is the program, the cutoff to move this over here and to do this thing, and then we can do our training, and then we can roll this out, or we roll it out to some people, or roll out certain functions to some certain groups. Right? There's an arc to technology as well, and that will get you to the next level, and mm-hmm. the next level, and the next level, because engineering isn't in, isn't in, it's, it's, it's not the only thing in the world. No, like, yeah. Somebody's got to use that. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, and we don't want it, we don't want to take authors and say, you know what, we're going to add about 15% extra time to everything you're going to author. Yeah. And by the way, you're going to be angry while you're authoring too, because that's going to come through. Yeah. You know, you're going to be frustrated. Yeah. You're going to be frustrated writing prose and like every other. Exactly. Because we, we we're just going to be an angry word. And we used to use the analogy of like data entry screens were like the <laughs> stairwells of buildings. You yeah. don't paint them. You don't make them pretty, yeah. right? They're yeah. just data. Yeah. But really... Yeah. That's what somebody lives their life in. Yeah. Nobody wants to walk up and down yeah. a stairwell and only see concrete and smell concrete yeah. or somebody smoked a cigarette down there three yeah. weeks ago and you still smell it, right? Nobody wants so that. Funny. They all want to walk through the lobby yeah. and have the experience. So you cannot yeah. you can't keep it that way yeah. forever. You have to build yeah. and what we like to say is we want to have we want content to be in service of the reader, of the customer. We don't want it to be in service of the technology that they're writing yeah. it on, right? So we can't have when you need the creativity in the content, but you also need the structured mm-hmm. elements of the content. You need to bring those two things together so that the content ultimately has to be in service of the user. Yeah. And so that's you know another big part of the role is well, doing stuff like that. I think you need to start your own show um, <laughs> and continue talking about this topic because one, there's just so many people out there I think that have been doing this that could shine light. Yeah on the need yeah because we're in this wordpress epidemic of cms systems and (laughs) rich text fields and worrying about what office elements get pulled over in there and not thinking of how valuable is this content where is it usable who's using it how can we morph and modify it and then how can we render it um i actually do have a podcast Oh, cool. I don't know. Am I allowed to like say Yes, no. This? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd love to actually have you on. There's a great conversation. Oh, cool. So uh, I'd love to have you on. It's called RX Digital Marketing. Oh, nice. And um, the, we have a couple of podcasts on there. Buddy has one on storytelling. Yeah. We blog a lot. And I have one on MarTech. Oh, Marketing awesome. Technology uh, Podcast. And my goal is like this, like this conversation for anybody that wants to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not a like, you should do content strategy. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, Here, let's, let's talk yeah. about an entry yeah. persona or anything the, like that. But yeah. it's 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 if if I'm gonna talk about something, I'm gonna give you something that you can use. Yeah, you know, something you can take away from that. And because of that, I don't post a lot. I'm usually about every two weeks. Yeah, because I put a lot of research into it. Yeah. The content is 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 deep and it's good. But um, yeah, if you want to awesome, check it no, out, it'd be fun. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Sure. I can't wait to continue this conversation with you because well, yeah. well, you're my people now. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm your friend. Yeah. You're, there's nothing you can Boom. do about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it's great yeah. to have you on. Oh, great! Thanks for having me. This is great. And you know, I've been uh, watching your content on Facebook and stuff while I've been up in the room. With oh, you. nice. You've been. Uh, this has uh, been a great, a great thing. I'm really glad to have met you. I'm really glad you guys are are here. Yeah. So, fantastic stuff. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. We'll see you. All right. <laughs>